near-death experience podcast, an ongoing exploration of spiritually transformative experiences, including NDEs and other phenomena, in order to elucidate the ineffable and better understand our spirituality. All episodes are available at ndepodcast.org. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and guests are not necessarily those of NDE Podcast, the NDERF, any sponsors, or for that matter, anyone else. In the end, the only opinion that really matters is yours. Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast, the official source of audio accounts for the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation. I'm Chaz Hathaway, author of Life in the Spirit World, What Near-Death Experiences May Teach Us About Life on the Other Side. Today we're going to share the experience of Francis from Enderf.org, the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation website. Francis says, I was on the operating table. I could feel the surgeon sawing into my head. The pain was unbearable. I couldn't shout out, so I thought I could make my heart beat faster to get their attention. As this happened, the surgeon said I wasn't deep enough under, so this was when my experience began. I had suffered a part three lumbar fracture to my skull and fractured my back. I have possibly only told a few people this. As the pain became unbearable, I was trying in my mind to think a way out of my situation. I looked up and saw a gray cloud forming over me, and a huge hand came from the cloud. I reached up, and it held me. As I looked into the cloud, the hand disappeared. My grandmother and Uncle John, who had passed away 10 to 15 years ago, were overheard. In the middle was a circular-looking mist spinning around. My grandmother said to me that everything would be all right. She said in Irish, Agra, you will be fine. My uncle said nothing, but I could feel his concern. The cloud came back and a hand came out again. I tried to reach it, but I couldn't. It disappeared again. I felt myself floating out of my body. I looked at my body and saw calipers on my head. My flesh was pulled down from my eyes and my head. The surgeons were standing around. One said, it's such a shame, so young for all this to happen. I tried to shout at them to tell them to stop what they were doing. I put my hand on one of their arms and tried to pull his arm down. I repeatedly shouted, Look at me! I'm okay! I couldn't understand why they couldn't hear me. I then came to the realization that I was outside my body, and it scared me. I knew I could float between rooms if I wanted to, but I just stayed there. I had no desire to go anywhere. I was trying to understand what was happening to me. After a few minutes, they took a break. I found out later the operation was almost eight hours. 
I felt like I was being pulled up and was in a void of blackness. It was motionless. I wasn't going anywhere. I was trying to make myself go forward, but I wasn't moving. I remember being very afraid and was not comfortable. I was being taunted and felt an uncomfortable presence around me, but I couldn't see anything. I remember drawing away from it and trying to make, a, make sense of it. It started to tell me it wanted me. Others, like it said, come with us. They told me I was better to go with it and the others, as it would have an easier time than what, was, than what lay in store for me. I could feel it was trying very hard to convince me, and it seemed to be able to pull a part of me with it. I could feel hopelessness. Just about when I was about to give up, a being of light came in front of me like an angel. I asked, Are you God? The angel said, No, follow me. It moved off in front of me. I couldn't follow it. Then another being of light came. Both were on my right and left side of me. They had no faces. They had wings, and they were all light. We traveled very fast into a tunnel. The tunnel was all different colors, blue, yellow, white, green, and red. We traveled very fast. I asked them to slow down, and they said, we have to get there fast. I had nothing to fear. At one point, they let go of me, but came back when they saw I wasn't making progress. Then they disappeared. I was then on my own again as I traveled through the tunnel. I came to a fork at the end of the tunnel. I wanted to go right and push toward the right. Then I saw a small light in the distance and was drawing towards it. It became bigger and bigger as I approached it. I remember I could see my face. I was looking at myself. I had no legs or arms, but it didn't bother me. I looked back and could see my mother, father, and sister over my bedside. I was sad. Then I said to myself, what was there to be sad about, as they would be coming later? I was then in front of the being of light. I thought it was too bright to look into it, but I could. It filled me with awe. I was trying to recite poetry just to describe it. I couldn't. I could feel its love and kindness. I asked if it, if it was Jesus or Buddha or Muhammad. It said, I am the light. It then started to tell jokes. It was making me laugh. I asked it, who pays for the electricity around here? I felt a kinship with it. The being wasn't judgmental or angry, just loving and accepting. I didn't need to talk to it as it could read my thoughts. The being then asked me to show what I had done with my life. I felt it was downloading all my experiences. 
I had no option because everything I had done was played in front of me. My girlfriend at the time was going through a hard time and I couldn't give her the support she needed. I saw myself wake, walking out the door of the apartment. When I was gone, I saw her cry in torment. I could feel her pain and anguish. This made me angry and I cursed the light. I told me that it's not my fault. I tried to hide from it, but couldn't. It said, You are hiding all your life, Francis. Come and show yourself to me. I remember being crouched behind a black hill. I rose and said, Here I am. Do with me what you want. I don't care. It was at this point there was a small cave with bowls like very old drinking ones. Behind the table were seven hooded figures. I was asked to choose a bowl. I studied them and chose one. The hooded figures said nothing and moved away. Then I was in a very dark place and was sitting. I could hear talking from behind me. I looked at the blackness and felt there were beings trying to reach me, but like some black transparent wall couldn't reach me. I felt they knew me. After this, the, the angel of light came and asked me to go with him. It was at my right side. It showed me a pit with lights coming from it. I asked, what is this? Is it hell? It said, no, it is all the prayers and good intentions coming from earth to here. It was like an inferno of light on small particles. I asked, where is hell? It then showed me that there is no hell, as I know it, only darkness. I then was shown an army of angels. These angels had wings and a sword and a bow. Some had a lance. There were thousands of them marching into the darkness. The angel of light asked me if I wished to join them there. I said, no. It asked if I was afraid. I asked, where are they going? It replied, they are fighting the darkness or evil as you know it. I asked if they will survive and they told me, no. They love the light and God and are willing to do battle for love. I then saw a city in silver and gray and a forest of beautiful trees, but no sound. Then I was back in front of the light. It told me that all there is was love. After everything, love was constant. It told me that I was to return. I said, no, I'm staying. The light was my size and was ushering me to a portal, I asked, why should I return? If, I, if it gave me a convincing answer, I will go. It said, you are going back for yourself. Your time is not yet up. I told it that I would gladly go for you, and I would do my best in everything I do. I would change myself and tell others that there is nothing but love and to love one another. 
The next thing, I was back in my body and looking down upon myself. Or I was back over my body and looking down upon myself. I was trying to figure out how to get back in. I said, I will be stuck out here. I remember being back in and the pain was huge. After I woke from a coma two months later, I was blind and in a wheelchair. The fact that I was blind and I had 50-50 chance of seeing again or that I had temporarily lost the use of my legs didn't bother me. I was okay with all of it. If I was blind, I remember saying to myself, I will have to learn braille and my legs did bother me, but I accepted it. All this happened 20 years ago and I never spoke about it much because I know that it is true. If you were to ask me to prove it, to prove it, I don't think I would bother as it is something inside that tells you it happened. I don't see that it is of great importance. I let's see. I don't see that it is of great importance. I treat it as normal. What I can say is that when my father died, the day before he took a stroke, I told him what to expect. I didn't know he was going to die. I asked him how he wanted to be buried. He said cremated. I asked if he was on a ventilator, or asked if he was on a ventilator, would he want to continue on it? He said, no. I also told him that when or if he was on a ventilator, that when they unplugged it, he would float over his body and would be seeing everybody in the room. I told him they won't be able to see you, but come before me and I will know you are there. So that is my story. I hope you can take some reassurance from it. I think everybody's experience is a separate and personal experience. The thing about dying is that there could be 10,000 people there, but you are the one that will take this journey alone. And that is the end of Francis's experience. And instead of giving a lot of commentary on this uh, experience as, and it's a very interesting one. I'm going to go on and share one more experience, okay? This is also from enderf.org. This is Anne. Anne says, I had a difficult birth with my first child. She was induced and the birth lasted almost two days. When I finally got into the delivery room, things started to go wrong. I heard them talking about tachycardia, or tachycardia, and then something about my oxygen level and fetal problems. I wanted to stay and help, do what I could to make things go right with the birth, but I was suddenly out of my body and somewhere else. It wasn't a bad place, just filled with people in line and very dark. There was a clicking sound all around us. I asked what the sound was and why we were in line. The person of light in charge told me that we were in line to be born and this would show us what was coming and how it would all end. 
The clicking happened every time someone was born. And when it was our turn, we would get a flash of our lives, live our lives, and then come back home. I was so excited. I was going to be human. I was going to be real. And I was going to get married and have a family and do all kinds of wonderful things. Finally, it was my turn. I stepped into the world and I saw everything that was going to happen to me. The good and the bad. The child that was just being born and the choice I could make about living and raising her or stopping now. And then the bad things were shown and I was asked to choose. Of course, I'd been so excited to have a chance that I chose life. And everyone agreed with that choice. I was shown the future lifetime, and then I could see the end coming. And all I could think of was, when it ends, I want another chance, another go-around, because it was so wonderful. The clicking stopped. I was brought back to consciousness. And so far, life has progressed, has progressed pretty much as was told to me. That is the end of Anne's experience. Both of these experiences strike me very interesting, but I think their own comments on their experience uh, are enough for now. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so by either purchasing my book, Life in the Spirit World, or by going to patreon.com slash ndepodcast. You can also contact me or John by emailing either John or Chaz at ndepodcast.org. Many of you have emailed me with comments and questions and so forth, and I keep meaning to ask if I can share them on the podcast. I forget, so if you... uh, would like me to share them on the podcast, be sure to say so, so that uh, I don't have to ask (laughs) later. Um, Sometimes if the experience is really profound enough or something that really uh, stands out, I will share it anyway, but do it anonymously. But, uh, But please let me know if you would like it shared on the podcast or not. And with that, thank you again, you guys, for listening.